Revelation chapter 18. Hey, Melody. Melody. Can you turn that down a little bit, please? Yes. All right, chapter 18. Um, this, this chapter is... So, we're continuing the happenings um, in the middle of all the wrath that's being poured out, as we learned in chapter... Um, uh, 16 God's wrath was poured out but in the last chapter uh, an angel came and um, was showing uh, John kind of what was happening here on earth during that time uh, so we got to see what was happening in heaven in regards to you know God closing off um, when he's pouring out the wrath and the angels pouring out the wrath over the earth and all that but now we're going to kind of get a ground view of so we had a bird's eye view i guess you could say and now we're going to get a ground view of what what was happening during that time um and uh, we're going to see uh, what happens to uh this strong city babylon which i believe is is the strongest city in the entire world during the end times um, we're going to see what happens to it and what the, how that affects the rest of the world chapter 18 um, verse 1. Any questions before we get started in this? Because um, I want to make sure that we, we have a full context of what we're reading here so as not to miss anything in chapter 18. So anything you can think of? Anything that was confusing maybe last time that you didn't get answered or, or maybe that you don't remember? Okay. <coughs> All right. So uh, in, in case you don't remember, at the last time um, it was speaking about Babylon um, and it, it gave a it gave a name to it. Uh, it was it was considered a harlot or a prostitute, um, and uh, it, it was adorned like a bride. It it wore um, it wore uh, um, like like good apparel. Like it, it made it made itself look good, um, and it and it probably was very prosperous and it did what it was supposed to do. Um, but this chapter shows an end to that. In verse number one, it says, And after these things, I, John, saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, in the cup uh, which she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. 
standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and uh, all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and of iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men and the fruits that thy soul lusteth after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea stood afar off, and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads, and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her coastliness, costliness. Uh, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her. Thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Um, any questions? Anything that seemed kind of confusing? I, I'm not going to spend too great of a time in, in regards to um, uh, really digging deep into each verse. So if you have a question, now is probably the time to ask in regards. Any particular verse stand out to you? You're confused about the whole thing? Okay, well, I, I, I'm the way that I'm going to kind of set it up today uh, will be more of like a sermon type. Um, it, it will be a Bible study, but it will be more like a sermon type in, in the way that um, most of this stuff is stuff that we've already kind of went through, and it all is pretty self-explanatory. Um, so it might make more sense once I, once I start going through it. Let me send you the notes real quick. Um, but yeah, so so we're coming off of, of uh, chapter uh, 17, and if it's if it's a little confusing um, to you, I think the best uh, the best verse to kind of clarify this entire chapter here in, in chapter 18 is um, is verse number 21. Um, you want to read that real quick? And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great milestone and cast into the sea saying thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be, be thrown down and shall be found no more at all so just like so this angel he takes a stone he says it's a millstone so it's probably a, a decently sized stone but he takes it picks it up and he throws it into the water 
and it just sinks, obviously, because that's what stones do. They don't, they're not going to float. And he says, just like that stone, he uses that stone as a representation, just like that stone, this great city that is prosperous and doing all these glorious things is going to just sink. It's not going to be there anymore. You're not going to see it anymore. You saw it once, and now it's going to be gone. And that's a perfect illustration of literally everything that's, that's, that's brought up here in chapter 18. It's going to be done that quickly. Looking through the time, lineage, and growth of America recently, we have become such a prosperous nation because of the Christian beliefs that were set before us uh, so many years ago. And if it hadn't been for God's providence on the matter, America would not be standing today. In fact, there is so much histor historical proof and legitimate documentation about the foundation of America being guarded and led by God that it's impossible to separate Christianity from America today, though many are trying. Uh, with, with zero success because there's too much evidence to say otherwise. Uh, we are a prosperous nation, but we are a, de a decaying nation. And the reason uh, we, we have seen decay in, in our recent times is simple. We, know, we no longer look to the Lord. And during this end time, there will be a city even greater than America. It's going to be even bigger and stronger than America, one where the highest source of providence will come from. Everybody will gather things from this city, and it will be the only way any other nation can survive. It's, it's going to be by selling and trading to this specific city, which will be immense. It will be huge, and, and not because they look to God. It will be big because that's the, that, that city that is spoken about here will be great and used by Satan. Because they trusted in Satan, Satan will build up that city, and I believe that's for a reason. I said that in the last chapter as well, but they're blinded by material wealth. And in the end, that is all they will have in this life. This chapter brings a great conclusion for those that are in heaven, but a treacherous one to those that remain on earth. We look at verses 1 to 3. It says, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. So John is seeing an angel, and the angel's going to tell him, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great is, is the, the city, this prominently giant nation or, or city that is, that is uh, one of the greatest, one of the strongest. It says that Babylon the Great is fallen. It's fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So that the falling of Babylon will give the, destruct, the, the destructed city over to every kind of unclean spirit, bird, and beast. It's only going to be just a nightmare <laughs> in, in the rubble of this city. Isaiah 21.9 says, And behold... Here, come a, here cometh the chariot of men with a couple of horsemen. And he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And all the graven images of her gods he hath broken unto the ground. This is an echo straight from Isaiah. Babylon was a city before, obviously. It was a very great city, um, but it fell too. And this city is going to be more prosperous than any other city before it. Suffice to say that this city will not be a place that anyone will want to live in at this point. In fact, the chances of them being able to live here will be zero because there will be nothing left. Uh, God will literally destroy and bring down their only source of material possession. The rest of the world literally depended on this city. And now that it's gone, they won't know what to do. 
they will be surprised to see that this city didn't make it considering how great this city was, which is mentioned more in verse number nine. Verses four and five says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues for her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities. Uh, this is indicating that there's going to be people that are saved during that time. Not more people that will be saved once the city is is crushed, but people that are still remaining here that will be saved before you know this this war takes place. Uh, you, you go back to the 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 um, verses about the hundred and forty four thousand. Now we don't believe that that's probably literally one hundred and forty four thousand people. Uh, we we believe that that's a that's a symbol symbolic number to justify that there's going to be a small portion of the world that's going to be saved. Um, so, which means there's going to be a remnant still on earth as this is happening and God is telling them to stay away from it. Get away from it. God is letting it be known that he doesn't want them to be a part of their destruction and sin. He wants his people to be set apart and he warns this to his people all throughout history, multiple times throughout the Bible. Isaiah 25, 11 says, depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence, touch no unclean thing, go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Jeremiah 51, 45 says, My people, go ye out of the midst of her and deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. He's warning them, stay away from, from, from the, the sin, the destruction. 2 Corinthians six fourteen, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what conquered hath Christ with Belial? Or, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? someone that doesn't believe uh, and what agreement hath the temple of god with idols for ye are the temple of the living god as god hath said i will dwell in them and walk in them and i will be their god and they shall be my people wherefore come out from among them and be separate saith the lord and touch not the unclean thing and i will receive you and will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters saith the lord almighty first peter 2 11 gives us another a depiction of this which i'm going to use uh, a specific verse, uh, the specific part of this verse for an upcoming podcast idea that I've had. I've just been waiting to find a name for it, and I found it. And it's in First Peter, which is great, seeing as tried by fire comes from First Peter, one seven. So now, and fear God comes from First Peter as well. And now, fear uh, uh, this particular thing. Maybe you can guess what what I'm going to name the future podcast. It's a testimony podcast. So you tell me based off of the words here what you think the podcast title will be. Dearly beloved. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having a conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Can you guess what, what the podcast name might be called? Um, war against the soul. Strangers and pilgrims. And when we become Christians, when we become saved, the, the moment that we, we convert to, to Jesus Christ, we become strangers and pilgrims to this world. And so now we are no longer a part of this world. We're a, a, we're a, part, a part of it, or away from it, uh, separated from it. Uh, we're no longer a part of it. We are strangers and pilgrims to this land. We're just passing through on our way to the eternal home of Jesus Christ. But God does not desire his children, even during the end times of judgment, to be a part of his wrath. 
He desires that all would be saved, but he also must serve justice to those that go against him and the truth of what is truly right and wrong. God starts with 144,000, so to speak, people, and he will end with 144,000, so to speak, people. He will not lose one. John 18, 9, Jesus says that the saying might be fulfilled, which he said, he spake of them, which thou gavest me, have I lost none. The people that God has chosen, he has used for his specific purpose. And there's no way around that. Even if they didn't want to be used by God, they were still going to be used by God <laughs> because that is what God does. He's able to control everybody and everything and do what needs to be done. That's not to say we don't have free will because we do. But that is to say that God's will will always be done. Um, verse number six says, Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled to her double. This is a justified call for judgment on this city. So this was a terrible city of large quantities of murder and adultery and all sorts of perverse and disgusting things that society will come to call normal. Uh, to the world it will be a, a normal thing for people to do and it's already started to con consider much of, of the things that have been labeled throughout revelation as normal so it's not it's not much of a surprise that it will be quite evident during the last days to the callousness of truth and righteousness exodus 21 23 says and if any mischief follow then thou shalt give life for life eye for eye tooth for tooth hand for hand foot for foot burning for burning and wound for wound stripe for stripe but not only will they be paid back for their acts and cruelty to their own they will get a double portion was what this verse is saying uh with with uh what this what this crooked city gave because of the murdering of the saints of those that are saved isaiah 40 and verse 2 says speak ye comfortably to jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished that her iniquity is pardoned for she hath received of the lord's hand double for all her sins god will have every right to give them what they desired and to give them more than what they expected. And they will. They'll receive more than they even thought was possible. And it won't be pretty. <laughs> it, won't be, it won't be something that they, they'll realize pretty quick that they really didn't want what, what they were asking for. Verse 7. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And this is why, as I, as I said in the last chapter, I believe God allows Satan to become so prosperous in this, in this building up of this city. Uh, the, the one thing Satan cannot and will not do is humble himself. He can't do it. it, it even if he knows everything there is to know about Revelation, and I do believe Satan does. He knows everything that's going to happen. He still won't be pre prepared for what is to come because he can't humble himself. He, he thrives off of pride. Isaiah 47 verse 7 says, And thou saidst, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst remember the latter end of it. Therefore hear now this, that thou that art given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thine heart, I am and none else beside me, I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children, but these two things shall come to thee in a moment, and one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of, their, of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. Those two things. You, you, she says, I'm not, the, the city says, I'm not a widow, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not 
uh, uh, she's glorified so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen. She thinks she's the, the, the ruler of everything. But God is going to put her in her place, going to put this great city in, in its place. Verse number 9 says, And the, the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall be, uh, bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. In verse 10, uh, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for one hour is thy judgment come. So these verses prove my previous comments about how surprised the rest of the world will be to see this, the, this city go into destruction. Uh, they weren't prepared for this kind of turmoil. They assumed, at the very least, this city would remain and be stronger than anything that has ever that has ever been on earth before furthermore you look at the countenance of the rest of the world during this when the city has fallen verse 11 to 13 read this it, it, this is this is astounding to me verse 11 says and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her over the city the loss of the city for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. It gets really um, dark pretty quickly towards the end of that that you know list there. <laughs> but but if you look at verse eleven, it says there that they are weeping and mourning over the destruction of the city. Why? It's not because the people have died. It's not because of the, the unity that this city brought to the world and the peace that it brought. It's not even because of the amount of freedom and sin-sick living they provided. They were sad because they were losing out on their main source of material provision. That was the only reason they were sad. They were, they were miserable. They were literally mourning and weeping because they were not going to be able to trade anymore. That was it. Uh, they, they depended on this city so much that now that the city was in destruction, they were concerned about how they were going to get their slaves. That's literally what verse 13 says. It says that the, one of the, one of the uh, materials that they could get was slaves and souls of men. They couldn't get their slaves anymore. They couldn't get their flour and their precious metals. They didn't care about the thousands of lives lost. They only cared about the fact that they lost their income. That was all that mattered to them which is not much of a surprise, judging by the way things are going now. There's little value in human life at this point, um, even currently in history. But during this time, I mean, they're going to be crying. <laughs> they're going to be crying over the fact that they can't sell and trade anymore. That's the only thing they cared about, because the city was so great for, for their own material possessions and gain. Uh, verse 14 says, And the fruits that, they, that thy soul lusteth after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly, are departed from thee. And thou shalt find them no more at all. Verse 15, the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. They knew that that city was, was, was beautiful. It, it had a lot going on for it. It was, it was great but they're going to be sad and it says in verse 17 for in one hour so great riches has come to naught it was destroyed completely gone and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off 
and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads because of how miserable they were that they couldn't trade anymore, and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Honestly, this is, this is pretty pathetic. The world will become so adept to worldly living that they don't even see the issue with abusing material possession over loving one another. It will be a cold and cruel place to live. And if you are not like them in this way of, of during this time of thinking, uh, you will be used as cargo or a slave, uh, or you will be murdered for your incompetence in their way of thinking. At this point, I would rather just be killed. <laughs> I'd rather just be destroyed and murdered because I wouldn't want to think and behave like these people crying over the loss of their greed. Uh, but that's just me. I, I don't know about, about um, those during that time, but... If it was me, I would just want to be killed. Verse 20 says, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. So we kind of switch gears a little bit here. Uh, we see this cold, dark, dismal day of destruction and misery from these people on earth, but the angel focuses back on those in heaven. He says, uh, you know, to them... The world is dark, and it's cruel, and it's miserable, only because they will no longer be able to live as comfortably as they did before. But to us, those that are saved, those that are that are part of God's righteous team, we will have the opportunity to rejoice. This, this verse tells us, rejoice over her, uh, because the judgment that was given was not for God's benefit. It was for our benefit. We were the ones that were mistreated, those that, that died, especially during this time when, when, when things were, were so bad. Uh, that's that's why the judgment is executed because of of the, the the grossness of the way his children were treated, not because of how God was treated. God can be treated billions of different ways by billions of different people. I, I love it when 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 atheists come to to you know open air preachers and say, you know, if God is real, strike me now, and nothing happens, right? But that's because God doesn't care if you believe he's real or not. He does care, however, about how you treat his children. He cares about how people treat you. He cares about how people treat me. He cares about how we treat others as well. But even more so during this time, the reason that his wrath is poured out is because of the way that his children were treated. God executed judgment on our behalf because the people are evil and only desire to do evil and heinous things. And that is exactly why he flooded the earth to begin with as well and only found, and only found uh, righteousness in, 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 in Noah's life. There was only one family that was saved during that time, but that's, that's beside the point. Verse 21 says, And a mighty angel took up a, a stone, like a, a great millstone, and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Not even one stone dropping you're going to hear. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. Uh, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Uh, that, that, that bloop in the water, the bloop <laughs> that, that, that that millstone made, will be how quick this judgment will last. 
it won't it won't even seem like it it was it was it was even in slow motion it will just last yesterday we went to um uh, we went to big bellies to eat and uh <laughs> there was a the pizza box uh in the middle every time somebody wanted the pizza from the bottom somebody would have to pick up the pizza box and, and this one person picked it up and almost knocked over his drink and we had um styrofoam cups that had no lids on them so he almost knocked over his drink which was going to go to me because i was the only one sitting next to that drink and i caught it and it, it didn't fall over thankfully um, but then later on the pizza box was picked up again and we had a two liter bottle that wasn't the cap wasn't screwed on and somebody knocked that over on to somebody else on the other side of of the table and so he picked it up real quick and he's like this isn't even screwed on and then <laughs> so those we both we missed both of those which Honestly, it should have spilled on both of those accounts, but it didn't, thankfully. Uh, and then the guy that was almost spilled on before, he picks up the two liter and goes to pour it into his cup, and his cup falls over. And <laughs> it, goes, it goes right over to uh, the guy sitting in the middle, and it, it literally, you, you, I can, I'm thinking about it even now, like it all happened in slow motion. It was happening so slow. Like somebody could have caught the cup and stopped the liquid from continuing, but nobody did it. We just watched all in slow motion. Everyone saw it in slow motion as it was coming. Even the guy that was sitting in the middle just watched it as it was coming towards his lap and just curved right over to him. And then he backed up just before it fell and, and hit him on, on his lap. But we see, we see that destruction happening, right? And it's all happening in slow motion. And, and we laugh at that because it, you know, it, all, it just we, somebody could have done something. But during this time, Everything's going to be happening so fast. Yeah, all of that tragedy, all of the, the tragicness of, of, of God's wrath is going to be poured out quickly. In the blink of an eye, the world will go, go silent and the people will be completely dumbfounded. They will be so confused. I mean, we shouldn't have been confused by the, the fact that something was spilled because it happened two other times before that. But the, they will be completely confounded by it. The final judgment will have taken place and they just weren't prepared for it, even though there was plenty of warning signs to tell them that that was where they were going. They still were confused. Verse 24 says, And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. God will have judged the world, Babylon and the beast, because of the blood that was shed from God's prophets and saints, which was already promised by God throughout this book of Revelation. Revelation 6.10 says, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Revelation 11:8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Revelation 17:6. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Blood was pouring out of this city. For God's children and this is why God will destroy it in the way that he does this will be when God cleans it all all up and there will be no more evil left on earth and the next chapter will represent that which I'm not going to get into because that's for next time <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything you could read ahead and spoil it for yourself if you'd like but any questions comments concerns or complaints I think I hit everything as far